0: spine, and sprocket.
1: The book to read is not the one that thinks for you, but the one which makes you think. A classic is a book that is never finished saying what it has to say.
2: No two persons ever read the same book.
1: That is part of the beauty of all
0: literature. You discover that your longings are universal longings, that you're not
1: lonely and isolated from anyone. You belong. cheated us both because it was necessary. Fiedler was nearly home already. If it hadn't been for us, Munt would have been killed. They were bloody clever. All the way down the line, they were bloody clever. Clever? They were foul. How can you turn the world upside down? What rules are you playing? There's only one rule. Expediency. Munt gives London what it needs, so Fiedler dies and Munt lives. It was a foul, foul operation, but it paid off. Who for? What the hell do you think spies are? Moral philosophers measuring everything they do against the word of God or Karl Marx? They're not. They're just a bunch of seedy, squalid bastards like me. Little men, drunkards, queers, henpecked husbands, civil servants playing cowboys and Indians to brighten their rotten little lives. Do you think they sit like monks in a cell balancing right against wrong? Yesterday I would have killed Mont because I thought him evil and an enemy, but not today. Today he's evil and my friend. London needs him. They need him so that the great moronic masses you admire so much can sleep soundly in their flea bitten beds again. They need him for the safety of ordinary, crummy people like you and me. You killed Fadler! How big does a cause have to be before you kill your friends? What about your party? There's a few million bodies on that path.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the final episode
2: (laughs) of Spine and Sprocket. Well, don't take that literally yet, folks. Now, Am I I speaking out of turn? Any of our listeners, uh, well, actually, Jeff, you are, because uh, normally we start with a film clip. Ah. And that was a scene from... John le Carré's, the movie adaptation. Of the spy who came in from the cold. Yes. So that that clip was that. And then Jeff jumped in, (laughs) to be honest, with our listeners. We were just sitting here pondering if this is a worthwhile show to do. Yeah. For those of you that know we do the two half squads, um, those numbers are substantial, 1,500s and some, a lot of those shows. How many Facebook followers? 700? Yeah, eight, uh, almost 800. I think we have 450 automatic downloads on iTunes, so a yeah. lot of you get the show somewhere else. But anyway, that's very, very highly encouraging. Uh, we're on Patreon for that show. We get a lot of letters saying they appreciate us.
0: Yes. and I, I can't say we've ever seen a letter... Other than in our
2: imagination. No, for this, this show for Spy and Spry we've seen yeah. a couple. But I was pointing out Jeff, we don't ask Nobody said people they to the chime show.
0: in. They wrote, but they didn't say they liked the show.
2: No, no. Did they? Yeah, someone said or I really like what you're doing doing here. I really like what you're doing here. I, oh, really okay. like doing here. I think okay. he I that think he th- kinda of meant like the way you do the audio clips, the way you ah, you know okay. that wasn't me do the right comparison. <laughs> no, the way you compare <laughs> the film and book. Ah, yeah. So anyway, if you want to write in and give Jeff the encouragement he yes. needs <laughs> Uh, no, in a way, it's, um, yeah, and then it's, in a way, it's always work anyway. But it's fun when we get together. We like to get together. Yeah. Yeah. And we like to read and watch movies. We do. You tell I'm trying to talk. Yeah. <laughs> Continuing. But Dave. we don't, we won't have a regular schedule for this show, for sure. We're never yeah. going to commit, oh, we're going to do one every two weeks. No way. No no. no. no.
0: Even when we retire, <clears> Rich. Yes. We won't be doing <laughs> that.
2: <laughs> but... But it is uh, fun, and apparently we looked at the numbers on this podcast at the later shows around a 50, uh, 90, but the earlier shows were up at 400, some Yeah, topics, Planet of the
0: Apes, certain topics, top, yeah.
2: Planet of the Apes spiked a little high, and then it went low, and then Conan went up higher, 300 and something, then it went down to 150s. So anyway, but we appreciate the 94 to 490 of you that are listening. Yes. So <clears throat>
0: Who knows? Maybe one of the listeners is Bill Gates or somebody like that, who really is just his favorite show. <laughs> and he could demonstrate his appreciation of the show by the obvious <laughs> means. We don't even need to say what that is. But for tonight, we picked This By Who Came In From The Cold by John le Carré, written in 1963, I believe. Because we eschew having actual facts and lots of... <laughs> Good information on this show. We're just going to make this up as we go along. And a follow up movie that appeared 1963, copyright. Yeah, didn't appear, but the uh, movie was released in 1965. That's so, quickly. Yeah, that's pretty quick.
2: Yeah, other no- novels by John Lecari Call for the Dead, The Honorable Schoolboy, The Little Drummer Girl, etc., etc. Et you might have cetera, heard of Smiley's People. Smiley's People, yeah. Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy.
0: Yep. The Constant Gardener. Heard of that one. And Jeff House. I mean, he's written a lot of great spy novels, and I've heard many good things about him, but this was my first reading of John. So that's
2: why you selected it. Yes.
0: I'm boldly going into (laughs) territories that I had known before. Plus, I liked the fact that the book was only about 200 pages long, as books were back in the 60s. Those were the good old days. You could carry a book (laughs) in your hip pocket.
2: Is that why they call it a... Pocket pocket book. B- Bantam or someone. That was Bantam, yeah. I actually called them pocket books or something, Yeah, but I remember seeing that. Well, one happens to be by Bantam, but anyway. I
0: mean, you look at the books nowadays, you can't put those in your pocket. Look at something by uh, Stephen, you know,
2: Stephen King.
0: King, Brandon Sanderson, something like that. They're 11, 1200 pages, 1600 That's pages. That's long. Yeah. You can put that in your pocket, but then you can't fit your, your body in your pants.
2: Well, maybe now's an uh, appropriate time to mention... Oh, for this show, Jeff wanted us to do the book and film together, so it yes. won't be two episodes no, on this one. Don't be
0: looking around for the next episode.
2: It'll be a different topic if there is another episode. Yeah. We think there might be a couple. But I, I, I noted on this paragraph, parents at home, this may not be appropriate for your children. <laughs> In a rated PG-13 kind of way. Yeah. She nodded, blushing like a small girl at his laughter, angry and relieved that he didn't care. She made him stay that night, and they became lovers. He left at 5 in the morning. She couldn't understand it. She was so proud, and he seemed ashamed. Wow. Do you think? Well, why... (laughs) How was it you picked? Why did you pick that? Economy of words. Oh, yes. I wrote down. Yeah. Do you know how much is packed in there? Yeah. Just that sentence. She was so proud, and he seemed ashamed. I yeah. mean, just, boy, you can just ponder that forever, right? Well,
0: I, yeah, and that, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to read this was because I had heard that John le Carré is really a, a very intelligent author, and... Several of the blurbs on the book say he's one of the best writer in, in any genre. And so, uh, as a, somebody who appreciates good writing, I wanted to to sample it, and I thought this would be a great place to start. And the writing, I thought, was excellent. But, not but, and, <laughs> I mean, this book is a book that you have to pay attention to when you're reading. It's subtle. It's There's lots of little things going on, like in that that little sentence you read there. You have to sort of read that and ponder what that means to get to know the characters. He doesn't come out and beat you over the head with a lot of description. Yeah,
2: saying over and over that she was so glad and so thrilled and happy yeah. and proud and amazed and, and no.
0: Yeah, just, and all that that meant.
2: Yeah, and he was ashamed and then you have to think about why and what, and what for. and Ashamed at leaving her in the morning? Ashamed at his own behavior? I mean... Ashamed of what part of his behavior, even. Right.
0: Well, and so it, for I guess maybe for people that don't know the story, this is the story of uh, a man who has been an agent working for the British Secret Service. He's been stationed in Germany and controlling agents on the other side of the Iron Curtain. And he, there are some events that happened that uh, send him back to London, and he's kind of reconsidering you know, his his value in the organization and the whole thing of the Cold War and how difficult it is, how difficult his work is. And I think he's kind of thinking about leaving the service, And uh, but his boss kind of says, we've got one more... One last mission. One last mission for you. We want you to go and uh, we we want to get a guy... On the other side, and you're going to be part of this elaborate plot, and it goes on from there. But um, like I say, very a lot of subtleties in here, a lot of confusion, a lot of a lot of stuff that keeps you guessing back and forth. And did you, did you did you read the book before you read the before you read the the movie?
2: <laughs> well, I did order the script, so I did read the movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I tried a different approach. Ah. Uh, I read half. And watched half the movie, ah. but then, which was probably a good thing, I got it on a like a pay per view Amazon for two ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Of course, being too cheap to order it twice, it only let me have it for forty eight hours. Right. So suddenly, I had to finish the second half of the book, and then jump into the film before it expired. Yeah. Or I had to pay three dollars again. Right. So that's how I did it, interspersed. And so my notes. Are closely tied between book and film and the differences more so than a lot of our other episodes. Yeah, because it was a little more simultaneous. Right.: You read first.
0: I read the book first. I always like to do it that way. I think it's the best. I, or at least I kind of think it's the best way to do it, yeah, yeah, because I like to, to picture things in my mind first and then go through and see how the director did it.
2: And most of the time, which comes first, the novel or the film.
0: Yeah, most of the time.
2: Tolkien wrote Lord of the Rings first. Right. So it gives you a lot more to compare of what the directors do differently with someone else's vision.
0: Right. But I felt like the uh, unlike some comparisons that we've done, and certainly many that are out there of books and movies, I thought the director who was—I better name his name here, or he's going to call me, even though he's been dead for (laughs) some years—Martin Ritt— did a great job of translating the book to film. Fairly much In my much opinion, so. yeah. Yeah. Again, it was a very, a lot of, lot of subtleties, a lot of innuendo, um, a lot of kind of slow, uh, but giving you space to consider what's going on and all of the conflicts that the characters have over this, over what's going on in the film. And I suppose we can, we don't care about spoilers, do we? Spoiler alert? Never have. So the the thing is, they want to send uh, Control, who is the head, and I thought this was interesting, the head of the British Secret Service is called Control. Now,
2: can I get a, where does that name come from? What kind of mother names her child, Control?
0: A very controlling mother? <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 that's a very good question. So is that a thing? I thought they got it from Get Smart. That's what, that, yeah. Because in Get Smart, the name of the organization is Control.
2: Yeah. So now we know where Get Smart got it. Yeah. They probably got it from there. Get Smart got it here. Yeah. <laughs> but it seemed, yeah,
0: yeah. I thought Control. that was interesting, and maybe that's just the way they did it
2: C- historically, or not historically.
0: Yeah. So Control wants to send this uh, agent in in order to implicate uh, an agent. On the eastern side, and the, the a communist agent. Implicate him uh, to make the communists think that he's a double agent.
2: To have them do to have their them dirty work, do their dirty work, and get rid of him of of knocking him off. Yeah.
0: And so this very, it's, it seems like a very simple thing. But I found myself going all the way through the book, and I think I would have thought also through the movie, going back on. Whose side is who on? And which side is telling the truth? I and was, how much does anybody really know?
2: Okay, I was fairly locked <clears throat> into believing what the author was stating, mm-hmm. straight up, Well, that munt for quite a while, was the bad guy. Was the bad guy. Yeah. yeah.
0: We were led to believe he was the bad guy. Uh, and then we find out, though, he's not the bad guy.
2: Not the bad guy. Challenging way to try and get him knocked off, though, is to try and infiltrate and make him appear as a traitor. Isn't it easier to just like give him one of those exploding cigars that we gave Castro? (laughs) For real. They actually made those. Did they really? They did. Absolutely true. He
0: didn't smoke one, apparently.
2: No, actually, those they lost track of where they went and ended up. They were going to try formaldehyde or something to have his beard fall out. (laughs) To make him. Well, and then he would die of shame? (laughs) Yeah, well. Kill him, but maybe lose respect. Um, no, for real. And I can prove all this. I got the books. Yeah, um, I can prove no, all No, no, it's yeah. true. And, of course, they uh, were going to try and drug him with, like, LSD and stuff to make him oh. also appear blethering idiot and, and assassinate him. Yeah. So we don't do that anymore. Now we just do drone strikes on people we want to assassinate and call yeah. it an act of war. Yeah. Well, of course now they're talking Korea but North Korea, but we don't want to get into that now,
0: do we? Uh no, probably
2: not. I would say not. So can I jump to the <laughs> film too? Uh
0: yeah, absolutely.
2: Opening credits, appropriately black and white for a cold war kind of feel. Yeah. I don't know if color yeah, color was an option in sixty
0: in sixty five it was, yes.
2: Uh it follows the action closely enough, I thought. Yeah. The whole opening is Lemus is waiting for Reme to come on his bicycle, except there was a girl in the book. The yes. across first,
0: yes. His wife or his girlfriend fiance or, or girlfriend yeah. or something. Came yeah. Now first.
2: that wasn't in the film. No, they went right to the guy on the bike. And so, um, when the alarm went off, was that shocking? Yeah. Did you ah! want to jump out of your chair? <laughs> I did. Yeah, because it was all very quiet to begin
0: with. <laughs> I love the British <laughs> foley with a lot of foley of footsteps on on wet gravel. Yeah, and just, just quiet. Something. waiting at char- checkpoint, Charlie. Yep. Smoking a little, smoking of the cigarette <laughs> and drinking a little coffee,
2: and then. Ah, yeah
0: oh, we my
2: wife and I both jumped, yeah when that I jumped and it was great. I wrote it right here, yeah, and then he's he's escaping, he's coming across on his bike, and when the alarm hits, and they the guy they're waiting, no, I'm not speaking well today, the agent Lemus, Lemus is Lemus, waiting yeah. for remick, this guy to come across, yeah, which was reme pronounced reme in the film, I made a note of it, oh, is that right, yeah, oh, and maybe they change the name a little, but so the guy's coming across on his bicycle, and the alarm goes off, and they shoot him. Now, Jeff, oh, he stopped. He was walking his bike across when the alarm went off. Yeah. Then, okay, I I, I do cycle a bit, okay? <laughs> okay. Don't, when people are shooting at. if you're walking your bike, and people are shooting at you, or a car is coming at you in the street. Yeah. Don't. Try and jump on your bike and ride away. Ah. You you're, you're better that's off just in running. The, that's you, in you, the run. manual. You uh, can't get on it? the bike and start pumping the pedals and build up speed. Yeah. You just start running. Yeah. You drop that bike drop and the you bike run. And run. Yeah. So and anyway. run crooked. Run zig. <laughs> I mean zigzaggy, not crooked. Oh. So that man gets killed coming over, and the camera cut cut too quickly after he fell off the bike. He yeah. Like, fell. Boom. She yeah. I left agree. the camera on him a little bit. there. Yeah.
0: And they died. They got shot the the way they used to in the, the movies in those days, where you just there's no blood, there's no
2: wiggle wobble, yeah, no shock
0: of the body, and he just falls over.
2: Yes, but and I also noticed they don't say when he goes to see Control, I think, and they're having tea or coffee, coffee, mm -hmm. one lump or two. Yeah, they don't say that. Don't they make lump sugar anymore? I think they still do you don't see that in movies,
0: though, no, one lump or two, yeah, that's the way they drink tea, so they
2: get to control,
0: yeah, and then and he in control and control is a very uh interesting guy you don't we don't learn too much about him, he's mysterious, he's up there, he's like the guy pulling strings, and he's pulling Lamus's strings. Kind of, and controlling controlling a lot of things throughout the movie <laughs> that that we we are not privy to, which keeps the suspense going. Through and the And neither whole thing. is Lamus, right? Right, and, and I know I know in the book, I like this part where Control says because uh, they're talking about their work, this work of mm-hmm. espionage in the Cold War, and he says we do disagreeable things so that ordinary people can sleep safely in their beds at night, and so he's kind of justifying the fact that they are orchestrating deaths
2: yeah and i recorded a reading based on that jeff and so a little bit more of that paragraph sounds like
1: this thus we do disagreeable things but we are defensive that i think is still fair We do disagreeable things so that ordinary people here and elsewhere can sleep safely in their beds at night. Is that too romantic? Of course, we occasionally do very wicked things. He grinned like a schoolboy. And in weighing up the moralities, we rather go in for dishonest comparisons. After all, you can't compare the ideals of one side with the methods of the other, can you now? Lemus
2: was lost. He heard the man talk a lot of drivel before getting the knife in. But he
1: had never heard anything like this before. I mean, you've got to compare method with method and ideal with ideal. I would say that since the war, our methods, ours and those of the opposition, have become much the same. I mean, you can't be less ruthless than the opposition simply because your government's policy is benevolent, can you now? He laughed quietly to himself. That would never do.
2: Yeah. So that acts like a, justif- is he justifying, he's philosophizing, he's right. justifying, do the, do the ends justify the means, I suppose? Is that- yes, exactly.
0: And I think that we go through a lot of that, and we see the characters go through a lot of that
2: throughout the movie yeah. and the book. Yeah, as the opening film clip showed, the girl was questioning from the movie, uh, the, the morality of it all at the end. Yes, on the right way to, the, to the wall. But
0: right, and they've got this. It, it's this very complicated clash of of philosophy and motive, and thing. And but the east and the west of Germany are separated just by a simple wall. It's just one wall. You're either on one side or your other, on the other. But then you've got all these complicated things at work on both sides. And I, ca- I found myself kept uh, going back and forth with which characters I thought were doing the right thing or the wrong thing and who I liked and who I didn't because Munt was a very, at the beginning, made out to be a very evil guy and I wanted to hate him. And by the end, when you find out that he is, in fact, working for British Secret Service, it changes everything. Yes. And so I, I've, I've flip-flopped a
2: lot on that. Yeah, so then um, Lamus gets a job in the library because he's out of the service. They're yeah. setting up a fake life for him. Yeah. Could you of?
0: tell? Did he, did he get into that on purpose to the to that library, or was that just happenstance that he worked there and met the girl? No, they that set he him. Met?
2: They set him up with that job. They did. But I think okay. the girl was random. Okay. I think. Yeah. Uh, they spent a lot of time in the movie on him drinking his lunch. Um, Loved that. <laughs> I love that. (laughs) They they spend a lot of time in that in the book, too. They do. And it's kind of important because they're setting that up as to why the um, Soviets would target him as a guy who might be vulnerable. Yes. Right? Right. And so part of that he's faking. In fact, I didn't do a reading of this, but I thought I would read a bit. I thought you would like it. Maybe that's why I picked it. But he's talking about being... um, Taking on that characterization of what they're performing as, right? Of, of, of their undercover lives becoming as real as possible to them. So he was saying, um, even when he was alone, he compelled himself to live with the personality he had assumed. Mm-hmm. Even when he was alone, Yeah. it is said that Balzac on his deathbed inquired anxiously after the health and the prosperity of the characters that he had created. Similarly, Lamus, without relinquishing the power of invention, identified himself with what he had invented. The qualities he exhibited to Fiedler, the restless uncertainty, protective arrogance, concealing shame, were not approximations, but extensions of qualities he actually possessed. Hence, also the slight dragging of the feet, the aspect of personal neglect, the indifference to food, the reliance on alcohol and tobacco. When alone, he remained faithful to these habits
0: yeah which is pretty remarkable to
2: take on is that like character actors or something yeah, like, yeah I guess you could the say person that. Kind of thing. and
0: think how how confusing that must be to somebody's personality. it kind of goes to the old saying, be careful who you pretend to be because uh. you are who you pretend to be, and uh. so you know is this is this really a part of himself that he's bringing up that he probably doesn't exactly like, or indeed who you know who who are we? If we're,
2: are we just creating our own? Are we
0: creating our own thing? Are we the things that we are pretending to be doing?
2: And you know, I, I I saw some silly ad on online. There's so many silly ads, articles to read and click on, clickbait. Why men love this shirt? And then I looked at the picture, and the guy looked pretty cut in it. You know? Yeah, like men, <laughs> like this. Let me show you. Yeah. And I realized, you know, there really are people who go around the world. They're worried about how they're impressing people. Yeah. And and I just I'm just so not there, Jeff. You can tell because I've kind of let myself go. <laughs> yeah. It's the beauty of but, age Dave. But you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I just don't really care. Yeah. I just don't really care. I don't care. Uh, uh unless you want to argue my persona is is not caring. And I've adopted but I think I'm genuine and I I just you know, people looking at me, I I don't care that, about that. I do kind of care that they think I'm a kind person, yeah, a caring person. Right. But,
0: you, but you don't care what they what no, you well, look where like. No, wearing or... a
2: shirt just because I might impress people. Yeah. Like It's beyond my comprehension. Yeah. I bet my wife would l- wish I'd probably think more about that. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> my wife does, too. I'll always say to her, can I go out in this? She'll say, yeah. At night, like just to take out the trash, you can.
2: So yeah, But that must have been
0: that. difficult for, for Lamus to make this much... Look at the commitment that it takes to assume this identity and to put yourself this deeply into it, and you can see why he wanted to come in out of the cold, which means retire mm, yes. from the life of yeah. espionage. I like
2: the way they worked a title yeah. into that concept. Yeah. So on the way back, he meets this girl, Nan, at the library. Her name is Liz in the book, isn't that right? Yes. They get to do what you believe... Oh they get to do the what you believe in about God and she, and he says you're a communist and they talk about those ideals. Um he laughs, describes a car accident with three kids laughing in the window. Yeah. Now that did that strike you the first time yes, you it read did. it? Yes it did. Yes. It's in the middle of the book somewhere, right? Is it right? at the
0: end also? Yes. Yeah. And that's he where it works back so with that.
2: perfectly yeah. He you know, I found it to be very moving. Uh he Now, was it did that really happen?
0: Um, I wasn't sure about that. I'm looking to see I As where he passed the car, that.
2: page 102, if you're in mine, he passed the car he saw out of the corner of his eye four children in the back, waving and laughing, and the stupid, frightened face of their father at the wheel. He drove on, cursing, and suddenly it happened. His hands were shaking, his face was burning hot, his heart palpitating. He managed to pull off the road into a lay-by, scrambled out of the car, and stood breathing heavily, staring at the hurtling stream of giant lorries, trucks... Trucks, yeah. Oh, okay. So, a guy had a near accident, but Lemus, he had a vision of the little car caught among the trucks, pounded and smashed uh, until there was nothing left but the frenetic whine of claxons and the blue lights flashing, and the bodies of the children torn like the murdered refugees on the road across the dunes. He drove very slowly the rest of the way, so he saw this near accident with these kids laughing, looking out the back window. Yes, and oblivious I've- to. Near yeah, death. Right.
0: And that was such a potent image. Uh-huh. I was surprised that wasn't in the movie. Yes. I was surprised the, uh, the the director and I wonder if he had filmed that as like a dream sequence, you know, you could you could slip that in there easily. And um I wonder why he didn't do that, why he elected to leave that out. Yeah. Maybe it was too complicated for people to pick up on. I, I think
2: know. so, and maybe their sophistication as viewers wouldn't... Have. Yeah. But um, you
0: can't be a dumb person and watch this movie. So, if ladies and gentlemen, you listening, <laughs> if you're dumb, do not watch this movie. <laughs> we'll save you some time yeah. there.
2: And can I read the end part? Yeah, when he, right. They seem to hesitate. Okay, well, spoiler alert. Yes. You want to tell us what happened at the end? They're, they're escaping after...
0: Yeah, after they're let go, uh, Lamus and Nan, or Lamus and Liz, depending on if you're watching or reading, are let go. They're directed to a a spot. It's been set up so that there's a spot that's going to be, they're going to be able to get over the wall to get to the western section. And in the midst of that, as they're trying to climb over, Liz, Nan, gets shot, and Lamus. Could get over the wall, but decides not to.
2: Yeah, so he... He
0: can't do it. He can't make himself...
2: Shielding his eyes, he looked down at the foot of the wall, and at last he managed to see her, laying still. For a moment, he hesitated. Then slowly, he climbed back down the same rungs that he had come up, until he was turned away. Her her face... She was dead. Her face was turned away, her black hair drawn. They seemed to hesitate before firing again. Someone shouted an order. And no one fired. Finally they shot him two or three shots. He stood glaring around like a blinded bull in the arena. As he fell, Lame saw a small car smashed between two great lorries and the children waving cheerfully through the window. Yeah. Oh yeah. I so love that. Yeah. That
0: I, was really good.
2: Yeah, something about the image of the enjoying life and laughing, carefree. Yes. While these dark things descend upon you. Right. Get so I,
0: yeah, I wasn't sure, you know, what to make of the, that
2: imagery. I thought I it was like very it.
0: powerful. Well, I wasn't sure what to make of it. What am I supposed to think about?
2: Just about what that? I said. Yeah. That life is like that. It's going it can get you. I put up events of the day at school on this day in history. Yeah. September 1st, Hitler invaded Poland. T- tornado hit somewhere, killed 500 people. And I always kind of say, I just put that one up there, kids, to remind you Mother Nature can snuff you out anytime she wants. So let's enjoy today. Wow. <laughs> yeah, my room's very...
0: <laughs> I'm surprised you you don't get parents. <laughs> Not don't on that Don't talk kids
2: about death. No, no, no. You have to be slightly political to get those. Yeah. Uh, but, it, you know, yeah. it's like, look at that. And, of course, we talk about why today there's lower death rates because of our advanced science and yeah. warning systems. But So there's learning. But, yeah. Yeah. Enjoy the day, and here they are doing that, and yeah,
0: and he was not a very happy guy no and he he really struggled, I mean he struggled through through the entire book this was this was tough for him.
2: See, I think a lot of it's to your attitude about death, like again, when my dad went, our family was pretty amazing about it, and the nurse even said, "Wow, you guys are pretty amazing because they see all kinds of reactions out of families, Oh, yeah." you know yeah, they aren't good sure oh yeah panic yeah. fear yeah um but yeah i don't believe i don't we we believe we're going somewhere and it just was a good death or if you watch little big man which we have to do before we yeah, have to show yeah i have i still i've never seen it the chief says uh you know it just it's a good day to die i kind of grew up with that i kind of romanticized that mm. and i just wonder did that actually affect my thoughts about death or is it my faith or you know cuz my dad prepared us he said yeah. when i go we talked about it we didn't hide it like some families yeah he said i'm going to die and we're going to do this and it's going to be good it's you know all that combined yeah you know so when i read that horrible image i'm kind of like oh yeah that's what life is like yeah it's tragic but it's kind of like okay I don't know. I don't know. Instead of making. Any sense. Well, I guess
0: we could say that uh, everybody might read that part differently. Oh, might yeah. Might react to that
2: part differently. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But right. for to for just, me, it just seemed so. A downer, fatalistic. Okay. For this guy. And it is. You know? but, and it
2: is. But it is life, isn't it?
0: And that's what the book was about. I thought the book in general you know, was kind of a downer. I was like. It's not about good guys and bad guys because the lines get blurred. Fiedler, we thought, we kind of thought, was a bad guy. But he had some good parts. But he turned out to be kind of a good guy. And I like that actor, Oscar Werner.
2: Yeah, he was pretty good. Yeah, he
0: was good. I remember having Fahrenheit 451. Uh, he played the lead character in there. I really liked him in that. Um, so, yeah, and, and then um, when. Liz, Nan, is talking about her devotion to the Communist Party, mm-hmm. I kind of think, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, her idealistic view of what communism is. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. You know, you think, oh, that's a great idea. And then you think, oh, wait, but wait a minute. The communists are on the other side of the wall. Those are the bad guys. <laughs> so uh, back, constantly back and forth weighing this these philosophies.
2: Yeah. You're right. they right. Really confusing. And of course, there was a communist movement, Common Turn, Communist International, to spread the communism around the globe. And they worked in these ways, like even this exchange committees and 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 propaganda. And it was very big. Um, it's a quote from one of the books I read to the kids at school. The when the czar was killed, all the riches of the Tsar, the taken from the rich, were not spent as much on the people, the starving masses in Russia, like they promised. But now a lot of it was spent pushing the global communism ideas, sending that money into Germany, into Italy to push, you know, which was ironic because you're trying to, supposedly it's communism you know, everyone's sharing the wealth. Right. But they had a political agenda they immediately spent the money on. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So they're bad. Well, okay, they're bad and we're good. That's minute.
2: No, that's 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 a Lenin, Lenin and Stalin. Yeah. Um, The others, okay, quick another quick anecdote uh, from a book on Korea. Woman fled North Korea. She had was it Vietnam? No, North Korea. She had bought into the whole thing and ran a a shirt mass production uh, factory. The bosses came in and said, "Give us that more shirts." And she actually said, "No, comrade." We all got our one, right? And they were like, no, you don't understand. You give us more shirts now. And she's still like, list What you're saying, no, comrade, we all got our sh-. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, yeah, they hauled their way to camps, re-education camps, just yeah. brutalized, brutalized yeah. from, by their own system. She believed in so much, right? Yes. So. Right. Yeah, and she escaped, eventually wrote a book on North Korea she was that idealistic gal. Or the, in Vietnam, the inset of the book, the guy dedicates the book. He's a Vietnamese soldier. He fought for the, uh, he was a guerrilla fighter. And then his, you know, tribute is, to my comrades who were betrayed by the revolution. Mm. So apparently he also, good yeah. guy, bad guy.
0: Yeah. And there's this constant back and forth on the good guy, the bad guy. And I still think we have the right, system here
2: yes i do too of course
0: but they 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 write this in the book they the united king where control is talking about you know the united kingdom and the united states i wrote this down represent free societies while the soviet union and east germany represent repressive harsh ones however for the british secret service to do its job successfully control says you know we have to use task tactics just as ruthless as the one used by the enemy
2: yeah as in the you court. have
0: to So the British Secret Service's approach to its ideology um, is kind of contradictory because, you know, we're the good guys, but we have to use these very bad tactics to fight the bad guys. Yeah. And the bad guys use their very bad tactics because they're bad guys. So I, I, you know.
2: (laughs) But don't they sometimes do good things? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know.
0: (laughs) You know, we talked about uh, a moment moment ago about the end of the movie where the shooting happens, Uh where they're trying to cross the wall. And I noticed in the book, Lemus and Liz are trying to cross the wall, and shots come out of nowhere. Yes. We don't know where from. Right. I from thought the eastern was, side. I
2: thought it was the eastern guards. They
0: were eastern guards.
2: Shot them. But they do hesitate in the book to shoot Lemus, as I just read.
0: They did, yes. In the movie, the person that shoots Nan is the person who was...
2: Escorting them. ...who
0: escorted them and gave them directions on how to get over the wall. And which I thought it was really interesting. Why did the director do that,
2: do you yeah, suppose? Yeah, because they didn't want her. They could trust him with the information. They couldn't trust... Control couldn't trust her.
0: Couldn't trust her. Oh, so it was a, it was an order from Control.
2: Yeah, you lead him to the way, and then don't let the girl get over, make it look like the East German shot her.
0: Ah! Uh, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. Sometimes I'm actually
2: perceptive. You're about very. That.
0: that was very good.
2: <laughs> right? That's very what good. I yeah, that makes sense. He was because he he didn't shoot Lemus. Yeah, who so, did shoot Lemus in the movie? The guards. Border guard. We don't know.
0: We don't know. We we assume it was the Eastern side. Somebody on the Eastern side, but we weren't shown in the movie that it was the same guy that shot that shot Nan.
2: Right. We're not. Yeah.
0: So. Just a small thing, but I thought it was uh, significantly different from the book. Yeah. And I wondered about that. So probably added some clarity for...
2: Could have been they talked to the author, you wonder. Yeah, that could be too. We're confused as to this ending. Yeah. They're hesitant to shoot him, but the guards would shoot right away. Why the hesitancy? Right. Oh, I I wanted people to think about, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to get uh, John Le on. We, uh, he
0: might, uh, I'll check.
2: Okay. Well, I'll go back to the middle of the story. Uh, He gets in prison for beating up this poor grocer. Yes. Uh, In the movie, he makes some Italian Irish references. (laughs) You give the the Italian people loans. You don't give me loans because I'm Irish or something. And then he goes to smile. He gets out of prison, and this guy Ash catches him and tries to act normal, and um, he starts to be the one to turn him toward the enemy. Right. Right. As this Ash character. And they meet the other guy at this inappropriately named dance club.
0: Yes. That's where they meet. uh, Do they meet Fiedler there? Was it Fiedler at that point? No, maybe not. It's the other guy.
2: Other guy. Yeah. Carlton? Carlton. So they go into the Pussy Willow to dance hall and introduces him to Carlton, who says "Once framed and then they want to have him framed, blah, blah, blah. Um feeler's introduced as the acolyte who will one day stab the high priest in the back, and right. Rolling Stone will provide him with the dagger point. So that summarizes their sneaky plan. So when they go into that dance hall, I got a what's up with that? Do you see those guys sitting there out in there oh, with their I did, girlfriends? Yeah.
0: Yes, with their girlfriends what's, watching. What's
2: up with what's that? What's up with that?
0: I don't know. I I do see that in movies. I Is noticed that a That a fifties thing?
2: You I, could bring I your, date to, the
0: bring your date to the strip club. Sure. <laughs> I I don't know I uh, I don't get it I would never bring a date to a strip club but I would never go to <laughs> a strip club I've anymore. never
2: actually honestly been to one
0: Have you actually. never been to one No Oh my gosh Well
2: I did a bachelor party once it was inappropriate but it wasn't a club so I never been in a club
0: Yeah I've been to a couple in Las Vegas and it's horrible It's kind of it's yeah. uh, kind of just it's just that it's just Yeah it's just I shouldn't say <laughs> it's horrible because some people like well crazy stuff but, yeah But I shouldn't say it's crazy Sad It's kind of sad, And then you feel sad. Yeah. Or ashamed, like in the book was talking about, in a way. Or just frustrated. (laughs) And you go home and just... (laughs) You go home and hope you get shot crossing the wall. (laughs) Climbing in through your window.
2: That's what I hate. But you're joking, because we... (laughs) Oh, my. Yeah. So then, um... uh, uh, He sees Nan again, and flies to Frankfurt, and... Halfway through the film, I was halfway through the book, by the way, because that's where I stopped my reading. Ah, uh, yes. The film viewing was about one hour each. Yeah. Okay, Good. <laughs> And then they wanted to see, oh, Peters took Lemus East, and I thought Fiedler had a very nice hat that you would have appreciated. Jeff. I loved that. his hat.
0: <laughs> I thought that was an excellent <laughs> hat. <laughs> I was all about the hat. The
2: leather beret yeah. on his head. Yeah. So...
0: Now, when I when I was reading the book, um, it was at this point that I started. I actually started getting a little bored. Did you get a little bored? In, at, at some a, at any? point, I
2: did. I thought yeah. it got too wordy suddenly for being an economy of words. Yeah. I suddenly thought something got too wordy. It's like Probably the, was here. the
0: constant uh, interrogating of Lamas. For, there were several chapters of just inter- yeah. interrogating lamus. and uh, I think that's what did it for me. what you heard there in the background was the water heater guy coming in because he wanted to be involved in tonight's show.
2: But he didn't read the book or see
0: the film. or see the film. Which actually shouldn't put you at that much of a disadvantage on this show. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, yeah, you know, there there was actually, because I said to Robbie, my wife, when I started the book, I I said to her, wow, this is really good. This is good writing. I'm really excited about reading this. Got about a hundred and ten pages into it, and I I turned to her, and I gave her a look, and she said, "Oh no," <laughs> I said, "Yeah, because I get I I get bored." I said, "Yeah, I don't know," and then boy, then it picked up again, because it really kept me guessing. Yes. Through the whole thing. Yes. Because Lamas, and Lamas had was going through the same confusion we were, because we were not made privy. He didn't know. To all the things, because he didn't know either. He was convinced that uh, that Munt was the bad guy, and that he was sent there to implicate him. And, and I mean, the way things turned out, it was just really uh, very exciting, a real white knuckler through the whole thing.
2: Yeah, and then fairly quickly, the um, feelers arrested, Munt has feeler arrested, as the problem and Lemus is beat up and chained by Munt. You're not sure he's gonna be tortured. Right. Cuts pretty quickly to the um trial.
0: The trial. The 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 triumvirant who comes in and
2: Oh yeah, it was a triumvirate. Yeah,
0: and and uh put him on trial in this dark little cabin. Just how you would expect a trial to go behind the iron. <laughs> behind you would you know. Yeah, just really, yeah, very stern. Three stern judges coming in to preside over the whole thing.
2: And then I did notice: does everyone drink the same brand of Scotch in this movie?
0: Yeah, uh, they used one bottle they in every <laughs> single scene. I think <laughs> it was. It might you, be Ballantine, I'm not sure. Did you
2: notice that too? I did. Yeah, it's like they only had one bottle. Well, maybe it's behind the iron curtain. No, they drink the same one in Britain yeah. too. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I think that it's, prop guy should have been more creative. Yeah.
0: I like that they movie. always have the soda there, though. <laughs> a little scotch <laughs> and soda. Good. Yeah. So I might start uh, adding a little soda to mine. Probably make it go a little
2: longer. So, yeah, it looks like Feeler's going to win the trial and then make Munt go away, but then they bring in the surprise witness.
0: Yes. They bring in Nan or Liz. I, actually, I think I read the books in the book. she's named Liz. In the movie, they didn't want to use the name Liz because Richard Burton at that time was married to Liz Taylor. Oh, yeah. That would make sense, and they just didn't want. And there was Claire Bloom who who played Nan. And they just didn't want the possible confusion there, because I guess uh, I don't know. Our is the audience too dumb? I don't know.
2: Well, I yeah, I mean, or maybe they just
0: don't want to make anything more confusing than it already. Is. Yeah, they, you know, not confusing, no. but <clears throat> intense
2: yeah because really wasn't confusing, <laughs> no it
0: wasn't you just have um, to pay attention,
2: yeah, except actually the end I'm gonna jump back to that real briefly here, but yeah, so Liz's testimony kind of proves that that Lemus was not poor, he was not right. broke, et cetera, et cetera, and they end up taking feeler away like you had said earlier, so right. um the end of the film I had to have a note i conf- was confusing in that after she was shot some and he started to come down, someone yells. Mr. Lemus, go back to your own side. So I think that would indicate that the assassin of the woman, of Nan, or Liz, was yelling. Oh, was that this line in the movie? Yeah, it was in there. Okay. Go back to your own side, and then I'm like, oh, well, who's yelling that? But it must be that guy. But I I just noted it wasn't needed. You could just show the guards shooting him, and then the driver who was told to kill the girl watching in horror. Yeah. He could just do a close up of his face going, Oh no, they shot Lemus, you because know? he wouldn't yell if he's if he's hiding, go back to your own side, yeah. the guards would know he's over here. Right? That made no sense. Well, if someone yeah. yelled go back to your own side, it wouldn't be the East German border.
0: Because in the book I think it was George Smiley who was saying Come on, he, Lemus.
2: He said, Come on. And then someone side. else said, Go back to your own side from this side of the. Oh, they the wall. did. Okay. Yeah, check it again if you yeah, want I, to. Yeah, I will, sure. I will. I have to. I will have to. I check just that. thought that could have been better directed. Yeah. And then again, they didn't have the image at the end of the book, as we already talked about, of the kids. But yeah. Vopos, do you know what they are? They were in the book. Vopos? Volkspolizei. The German Volk, uh, Volkspolizei. Oh, no. I didn't know what Vopos were, so I looked it up. It was mentioned several times. Um, Somehow I missed that. Did you like the decorations inside of the hunting lodge in the <laughs> trial place? Did you notice what's on the wall?
0: I noticed. It's like all, all they had were, were like antlers from very, 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 very small animals, like mouse antlers.
2: The it's je- like, we je- need to make
0: it look like it's an alpine lodge. Let's have...
2: The Anna, what's that creature? The Anna rabbit. The oh, Antho, the jack, the jackalope. The jackalope. <laughs> the
0: jack we have, we have twelve jackalope antlers.
2: <laughs> I know. Yeah, I did notice. And it happened a couple times yeah. in different buildings. Yeah, in different boy, views. Yeah. They must have had an infestation of those creatures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we
0: we have one bottle here. We're ready for the uh, oh. to do the movie. Prop man's there. I have one bottle of scotch. And twenty-four jackalope antlers. We're ready to go,
2: <laughs> ready to film. Okay, I think we need a little more variety on the yeah. scotch and a little less of the yeah, more probably. And, and oh, that would have like been better. The scene from uh, Beauty and the Beast. I use antlers in all of my decorating oh, yes, right. for Gaston. <laughs> oh my,
0: yeah. So acting, acting, I thought was good. You know, I. I th- I feel like this is a movie I would need to see a few times in order to really appreciate it for what it probably is. And this is the first time I've seen it. Yeah, ne- me too. I've never seen any bit of this. I yeah. don't know how that's happened over all these years because yeah. I'm almost
2: 40. We do spy stuff that's all James Bond. We didn't do yeah, um, all cool and undercover-like acting, so it's hard to say for me. Yeah, I thought you might have some observations about accents at all. Did you? You tend to like accents.
0: I, I do tend to like accents. I didn't, you know, nothing really stuck out for me in this film as being outrageous, other than the the jackalope, <laughs> and the antlers. Um, you know, I thought the acting was pretty good. I feel like it was, like I say, it was probably very understated.
2: Yes, because uh, it's all spy. Because things. it's all spy
0: <laughs> stuff, and so
2: I thought Nancy did a nice job in the court scene, particularly. Nancy. Yeah, and I think Burton was a, up for an Academy Award or something.
0: Oh, yeah, that could be. Was that? I Maybe think we should I think I that. I did
2: see but, that. Yes, uh, music was pretty standard, I thought. And uh, yeah,
0: kind of jazzy for that time. Yeah,
2: and not not a lot of it. Very very minimal. Yeah, um, and you know, Jeff, I, I must say, I, I did you overall. You enjoyed it at, at first. You were a little like, ah, uh, yeah, pretty oh, I good.
0: Started off great. Thought it got a little slow in the middle with all the interrogations, and I just didn't see the point of all of that, uh, and then it got great again
2: but, so in the book. You're, so you're recommending both the film and the book? Apparently. I would recommend them both,
0: yeah. Yeah, I thought, definitely.
2: I, I don't know, I wasn't on fire about them, like some of the films I'd like to do on the show, yeah. Planet of the Apes or American Werewolf in London. or. But yeah, good good solid stuff, really glad we did it together. But to be, I, I enjoy discussing it more with you. Yeah, well, I do too. Which maybe is why people have book clubs.
0: Yeah, maybe that's why. <laughs> And I thought this was a good selection because this is a, a period of time that we grew up in—the Cold War. Yes, and though we were very young, you were almost in, u- in utero, <laughs> practically. Well, you were probably three years old in '63. You yeah. were born in '60,
2: right? Oh, am but I, am I, I giving something away I, here? I do teach Cold War, right? So I could make all these references to. Yeah, historical things. But, so kind, um, of and kind of important.
0: It kind of important as as a spy novel goes because it was one of the early ones that was really realistic. Yeah. And, um and of
2: course, spice I'm glad we read it. Still exists today, you know. They
0: do. And though,
2: are you a little
0: bit disappointed? Were you a little bit disappointed when the Cold War supposedly, you know, went away? Because it's like, oh, you notice in the James Bond movies, it's like, oh, who's the villain going to yeah. be now? It's like a bicycle thief <laughs> is the big villain.
2: Yeah. But I remember when they caught those 10 spies around Washington, D.C. that were infiltrating the high life of the local politicians to gain hearsay at parties. They were doing pretty well. They all got busted. So that would be my current events when I teach Cold War to show kids. Mm. Yeah, they're still around. And um, a recent Planet Money podcast, they broke away from economics and did something totally different just for once. They did spies, and they interviewed this guy. Oh, really? Yeah, he talked about in Afghanistan, and this guy comes up and wants his phone. Give me your phone. And he's like, uh... Oh, he pockets it, and then the guy headbutts him, and then he he, actual, he had to think he can't react with his kung fu moves to take down this guy. Mm. Because that it might, would give him away? Yeah! Oh. Never thought of that. So yeah. he just gets up and tries to stare down, and then he gets headbutted again, I think, and then the guy just walked off laughing, he, like on drugs, mugger or something, some crazy local Pakistani or Afghani. Yeah. Yeah, but I never thought, yeah, they got to play it really cool, low, yeah. low key. Yeah. They can't whip out the super fa- you know, taser or the, right. <laughs> the pen and shoot the guy.
0: This is probably, you know, uh, the spy who came in from the cold, probably more realistic, I mean, certainly more realistic than any James Bond movie or anything. Yeah. Probably very realistic as far as what goes on, actually, in international espionage. Yeah.
2: There were no big toys and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, none of that. This this is how all the work gets done, the dirty work that happens behind the scenes so that we can sleep well at night. Yep. And I'll sleep well tonight. So, well... Thanks for yeah. reading that one and watching that one with me, Dave.
2: Yep, pleasure, and thanks everyone for listening. And feel free to write us some appreciative letters to give us some encouragement. Give us some encouragement, please. <laughs> we're not begging. We're not beneath begging. We're, we're not beneath begging. Yeah. No, it'd be good to hear from you that you're out there. I guess there will be a next show,
0: or or maybe not.
2: We'll see. Most likely, maybe one or two. Yeah, more. maybe. Yeah. But, <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> Dave is fine. We're we're. Talking about American Werewolf in London for the next show?
2: Yes, please. Okay. If we can do one more at least.
0: Okay. And Little Big Man. there be two more. That's a book, too, Oh, that right? book's
2: thick, Jeff. Oh, it is? Oh, it's thick. Maybe oh. I'll read the book, and you can just watch the movie. Okay. All right.
0: Okay, everybody, thanks. We'll see you next time. All right. Bye-bye. Spine and
1: The book to read is not the one that thinks for you, but the one which makes you think. A classic is a book that is never finished saying what it has to say. No
2: two persons ever read the same book.
1: That is part of the beauty of all literature. You discover that your longings are universal longings, that you're not lonely and isolated from anyone. You belong.